Welcome to Super Duper Boys, a Pathfinder podcast. Hello, welcome to STB Podcasts, and thanks for joining us. Now, before the swords and magic and absolute shenanigans of the TTRPG world begins, we're going to take a bad news first kind of approach so the air is clear and you know what to expect from our collaborative story. When we began this campaign, we had no intention of recording it. However, with the GM and the party having the collective memory span of a school of goldfish, we felt it was for the best. With this being the case, we did not record the first session, and for that we apologize. We also didn't begin recording the second session until our lovely player and editor-in-chief Brent began recording us from his tablet. Lacking the goal of releasing these recordings leads me to believe that a few disclaimers are necessary. To start, our first two sessions that will be available to you are not of the highest quality. As stated earlier, the second session was recorded on a single tablet's microphone, so, you know, not incredible. There is a quick rise in quality until episode 5 where we are all individually using a high-quality microphone, so thankfully, you won't have to struggle through that for too long. Along with that, and likely not as offensive as the first, the first session you'll hear is our entire table's second session of Pathfinder 2nd Edition ever. After three years of playing Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition, we made the switch for... reasons. And if you've ever taken the time to learn a new system, you know there will be incorrect rulings, lots of questions from the players and myself, and things that we find out we did wrong well after making the mistake. Don't worry, we edit out most of the time spent researching answers. So maybe if you're new to Pathfinder or TTRPGs in general, know that there will always be little mix-ups like this, and they're always fine as long as the table is having a good time. And if you're a veteran, though, please don't yell at us on the internet, because we will cry. We'll cry. In an attempt to fill the gap left by the missing first session, I will do my best to introduce the world as the players know it, the player characters, and the events of the first session that was lost to time. So without further ado, let's dive in. This is the world of Vexia. Many continents are spread across the vast oceans of the planet, but where our story begins is on the small island continent of Nephilus. Nephilus boasts only two grand cities and is dotted by many small villages and hamlets. Bethide being the capital hosts the widest array of life, a trading hub built around the shore of a great lake, and home to the only governmental body that has a say in settlements other than their own. It's the place people go to achieve greatness, and find the avenue that leads them to their dreams. A real I'm moving to Hollywood kind of place. Oh, feel I should also mention, drifting through the skies above Bethide, there's a city of cloud giants that have long been credited with keeping any major threats at bay just due to their existence, causing great storms that last for months, sometimes even years. Some say it's their boisterous debates, or fights, or parties, but no one's ever actually been up there to see them, so even their existence may just be a conjecture. Spring was in full swing, and so was the Festival of the First Bloom, Bethide's annual celebration, an absolute smorgasbord of attractions, good food, and camaraderie, which is exactly why our group of adventurers individually made their way to the city and crossed paths for the first time. Speaking of those guys... Hi, I'm Lucas Jack, and I'm playing Mikey, the halfling monk. Mikey might be small in stature, but he's big where it counts. His muscles. And his ego. This confident 25-year-old halfling has slick back, dark brown hair, deep-set brown eyes, and a battered face and nose littered with evidence of his many years attempting to punch his way up the ladder of the underground fighting rings in Alabaster City. According to him, his complete and utter domination of the competition led him to leave the city and journey to Bethide to chase other rings and opponents on his quest to become the best bare-knuckle brawler that Vexia has ever seen. 
Hi, I'm Dustin Gordy, and I play a cavern elf bard named Ildan Vren, who was born in a subterranean village to a pair of dark elves. Ildan was born with two blazing orange eyes, white hair, and without the intrinsic hate for those that look different from him. When Ildan came of age, the city's sin eater died, and Ildan was forced into that position by his own parents. Finally, after years of torture, Ildan was able to overwhelm a guard and escape his tortured life into the wilds of the Underdark and later the surface. Hi, I'm Chris Cotman, and this is not at all scripted. I play Demir Lavendel, who's a boyish grown, kinda human man who's totally not a dampier, with a voice that is totally distinct from my own. Demir was raised by his adoptive father in a woodland town with a strong prejudice against the supernatural and those that they view as perverts who use magic. Demir has the light blonde hair and icy blue eyes of his mother, who disappeared under mysterious circumstances after he was born. After 20 years of living among the trees, having a malevolent cloud seemingly following him throughout his life, and going through a Bram Stoker-inspired puberty, Demir now sets out on his own to explore the world and learn more about what the hell is wrong with him and why his life is so edgy. Hi, my name is Brent Whiting and I play Philip Gertiesman Jr. Hi, my name is Philip. I'm 19 years old and I love the forest and all the woodland creatures and long walks on a leafy path with good company. I'm looking for a woman who, oh, well, okay, no, it's, it's still Brent. Uh, my character, Philip Gertiesman Jr., was raised in the small town of Ember's Rest near the forest of Murkesh, by an orcish mother and human father. His mother had just started his druid training when she was tragically killed in a mysterious forest fire, after which he inherited her quarterstaff and rededicated himself to living up to her name as a druid. His distinctive features are a slight green tinge to his skin in certain places like his neck and around his ears, which are a little pointed and he has slightly larger teeth where an orc would normally have tusks, but with amber eyes and a light brown mullet, his heritage mostly appears human. Under the overalls, he never takes off. He is very muscular, but not bulky, and it's easy to tell he ain't one of them city slickers. Now that we know our cast, let's get into the actual events of the first session. A chance encounter at a tavern in Bethede brought our band together. It may or may not have been initiated by a bar brawl, but the details are fuzzy. When the dust settled, the group found that they all had a need to travel and, conveniently, the same heading. A journey to the southwestern settlement of Alabaster City would certainly be safer with the aid of a few strong allies. Once gathered together, the group did their best to earn some prizes before beginning their long trek. Mikey entered in a fighting competition and was unfortunately trounced by a strange and hard-headed traveler by the name of Bentley Bofin. Tootie did his absolute best in a pie-eating competition, but found them less than palatable than his beloved sweetcakes. Demir entered an arm wrestling competition, but didn't find himself on the winner's stand either. In the end, Billup would be the only one to find success. Turns out it's much easier to win a foot race if you can transform into a cat. This victory earned Billup a wagon, led by a grumpy old nag that Billup dubbed Amanda. At this point, the storm began. Making their way southwest over the course of a week, the group found their first stop on the long road, a quaint little town by the name of Hollyhill. With nothing but a few farmhouses, an inn, a general store, and a blacksmith, the unassuming hamlet seemed like a wonderful place to rest the weary body of a traveler. After encountering a local named Thebos, who seemed a bit too eager to determine the intent of the party, they made their way to the inn, known as the Stuffed Boar. Greeted by the halfling bartender Zarsif, they rented some soft beds and Mikey inquired if there were any places that he may find some underground fights. He was then redirected to a one Ona Pride Guard, a dwarvish woman who looked like she had had her own fair share of scraps. She informed him that around the witching hour, a small group would gather in a nearby pig pen and place meager bets on anyone willing to enter. Mikey excitedly accepted the offer. The rest of the group dispersed and asked the villagers for any recent news. 
Only a few people had anything truly interesting to say, some referencing strange coincidences of misfortune, slipping on seemingly nothing, flower pots jumping from windowsills, losing their grip on breakable objects. All relatively insignificant things, but they always seem to happen in a simultaneous grouping. Intrigued but with no true leads, the party makes their way to the tavern, where they share what they've learned. Late that night, as the rain falls heavily, Mikey heads to the pig pen and the matches begin. There are only a handful of participants, but one of them Mikey recognizes. It's Bentley Bofin, the fighter that had beaten him in Bethede. From the shadows and unaware that they had all separately snuck towards the ring, the rest of the party watched from various vantage points. Tootie and Demir from the shadows, and Billop taking the form of a stray cat. Both Mikey and Bentley win their way into the final match against each other. As the brawl begins, Mikey loses his footing and Bofin takes a quick advantage, landing some heavy strikes. Just before the final blow lands, Tootie, fearing for his new friend's life, springs from the darkness and cracks Bofin over the back of the head with a shovel, knocking him out cold. The small crowd disperses, disappointed in the abrupt and unexpected conclusion of the fight. The participants are brought back to the tavern and their lumps are tended to. After a fair amount of bickering between Bentley and the party, Bentley storms from the tavern and into the rainy night. The group gathers their things and heads to their rooms. After a sound night of sleep, Demir awakens to a rustling in his room. Rising from his bed, he spots a nasty little dog creature rummaging through his things, thus concluding the first session. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, consider subscribing to our Patreon, where you'll find Cancel Quest, our far sillier episodical campaign for when a player can't make it, and potentially some other TTRPGs sprinkled in along the way. Find us at patreon.com slash sdbpod. One more time for the kids in the back, that's patreon.com slash sdbpod. See you next time, everybody.